Hello, and welcome to the Medical Device Success Podcast. I am Ted Newell, your host. The goal of this podcast is to contribute to your success and, in turn, help you contribute to the success of your medtech company. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. This is a crazy time to start a podcast with the coronavirus dominating the news. However, there are important things we medical device professionals can be doing in this altered landscape of strategies and tactics for marketing, sales, and operations. So, working in the era of the coronavirus, hopefully a short era, will be the subject of this first season of episodes. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 10 of the Medical Device Success Podcast. This is essentially part two on the subject of the future of medical devices in the COVID-19 era, but I think it is more appropriate to call it the reopening. First, in the last episode, I made a comment about an immediate family member who is a healthcare professional that tested positive for COVID-19 antibodies. So did the fiancé. In early March, they returned from a trip to Mexico. A week or so later, they were extremely ill, and so were their families. Because this person is a healthcare worker, there was a request for a COVID-19 test. It was denied. Why? Because in March, the United States had no clear guidance on the management of COVID-19. Furthermore, this person was told to report to work when his, her temperature was below 100.4 degrees. And when this person wanted to wear a mask in the presence of patients, they were told not to. This is an example of why COVID persists. My family member had COVID before the WHO declared it a pandemic and way before our president used the word pandemic. My family member is okay, and so is everyone close to them. However, The world is learning from this tragic experience. At the end of episode four on the future of medical devices in COVID era, I jokingly apologized for giving the listeners a cold shower. Sorry, time for another cold shower. But I will hand you a warm towel when you are ready at the end. And I want to break this episode down into uh, several sections. First, We're going to have a quick look at industry, then the providers and the clinics and hospitals practices. We'll look at what the public is thinking. We're going to talk about um, the economy, just a few comments on the economy. And then we're going to make a big switch of gears. And we're going to talk about data about salespeople and what customers think of salespeople. And I'm going to segue from there into what we need to be doing now and reinforce a few things we've talked about in the past. First, let's take a quick look at industry. Some companies are doing really well, like Abbott, Baxter, 3M, Roche, Thermo Fisher, and others. They are surging, primarily because they're in the business of critical care and testing. Many companies have valuations that are coming down. 
Boston Scientific cut executive salaries and reduced working hours for much of its employees. Sales forces are getting furloughed. Conformus, a custom orthopedic implant manufacturer, furloughed one-third of its sales force. And Quest Diagnostics is hurting despite all the ongoing COVID testing. The COVID testing doesn't offset losses in other testing. They are down 50% in testing volume. And if we look at the providers and doctors, practices, hospitals, and clinics, they are all getting hurt. A survey in the American Ophthalmology Association found that 47% of ophthalmologists said that their practice would end up smaller and financially unhealthy as they reopened. 26% said they would return to pre-COVID volume but be financially unhealthy. I wouldn't be surprised if these same statistics are similar in many other medical device specialties. Then you have reopening guidance. The American Medical Association guidance to limit non-patient visitors. It says, quote, clearly post your policy for individuals who are not patients or employees to enter the practice, including vendors, educators, service providers, ex- service providers, etc., outside the practice door and on your website. Reroute these visitors to virtual communications such as phone calls or video conferences. For example, a physician may want to hold office hours to speak with suppliers, vendors, or salespeople. End quote. Then CMS guidance for reopening practices and facilities in the facility considerations sections, where it says, quote, visitors should be prohibited but if they are necessary for an aspect of patient care, they should be pre-screened in the same way as patients, end quote. Why is this important? Because of liability to the physicians and to the clinics and to the hospitals. If something happens to one of their patients and they have not followed these guidelines, they will be in court. The other day I listened to an interview of a specialty doctor about reopening his practice. They thought they would have a surge of patients coming back in. Instead, it was what he called a swell. Patients are anxious. Let's take a look at some interesting data about the public and what their perceptions and feelings are. A McKinsey study that came out just recently said 58% of the public that responded to their survey say they needed to be more careful about how they spend their money. Consumers also intend to reduce in-person activities such as travel, going to the mall, attending movies, concerts, and events. Of consumers who have not yet engaged with out-of-home activities, 80% are waiting for milestones beyond the lifting of just restrictions. They are largely waiting for medical authorities to voice their approval. Another organization called the Customer Communications Group did a survey And some of that data was interesting as well. So consumers' top priorities for the next three months, 48% said it was to be able to pay bills. 41% said it was to save money for the future. And a majority are buying essentials only. In the Chadwick Martin Bailey April 20th survey, many people said that the timeline for going back to normal 
had increased in their minds, and by this I mean it had increased since a previous survey. Now over 50% were saying it was going to take six months to a year or more for the economy to recover. And 42% said they're doing much more shopping online than they did in the past. Another interesting survey on consumer attitudes, especially towards elective procedures, came from Needham and Company, and this was just recently. The results of the survey indicate that consumers remain hesitant about elective procedures, with 26% indicating that they don't feel comfortable having an elective procedure until 2021 or later. Now that's pretty significant, because elective procedures drive a lot of our business in medical devices. And these procedures were somewhat evenly spread, 19% dental, 19% gastrointestinal, 17% orthopedic, 14% general surgery, 3% cardiovascular. So that would definitely have a downward effect on a lot of the medical device business. Google searches related to elective procedures were down 32% in May over prior year. Now that's a little improvement on April, But what if it never recovers to prior year? What if it is even 10% lower for the remainder of the year? Because this is tightly aligned with real procedures, this is somewhat disturbing. Now let's look at the economy. Federal Reserve Chairman Powell is now not certain of a W-shaped recovery. He thinks it's going to be more like a swoosh. And we talked about that in Episode 4, the difference between W and the difference between a swoosh. One leading economist, Professor Nouriel Rubini, professor of economics at New York University's Stern School of Business, who has also worked for the IMF and the U.S. Federal Reserve and the World Bank, he forecasts a lackluster U-shaped economic rebound over the next year, followed by an L-shaped depression later in the decade due to a number of other ominous trends. Major companies have declared bankruptcy, J.C. Penney, Neiman Marcus, J. Crew. Hertz. Now, granted, these are sort of consumer companies. One is a travel company, but we believe many more are to come. UBS retail analyst Jay Soul predicts 100,000 store closings by 2025 as more people go to virtual shopping. Oxford Economics has a worldwide GDP not recovering to pre-COVID levels until mid-2021 and not recovering to the pre-COVID trend line. This is the environment we're in, and it's not good for most medical device companies. So don't listen to the pundits and the politicians or even some biased business leaders, and don't use the stock market as an indicator for the economy. This morning I heard the CEO of Wyndham, the very large hotel chain company, cheerfully talk about how they were getting more and more customers in their doors at their hotels, and some hotels were at 50% capacity. Well, I don't believe in listening to cheerleaders. Cheerleaders don't always reflect reliability. I mean, have you ever been to a sporting event and seen cheerleaders enthusiastically cheering for a losing team? Sure you have. You wouldn't even know the team was losing. If you bet on games based on cheerleaders, you would lose a lot of bets. So now let's go into that big gear shift and let's talk about sales and what people think of salespeople. 
and this comes from a webinar I was listening to early, earlier this week where some of this data was put out. And at first I was somewhat skeptical. So I went actually into their source of the data, which is CSO. And it's a division of the renowned sales training company, Miller Hyman Group. In fact, I have their iconic strategic selling book on the shelf behind me. And here's a little bit of the data. 82% of customers think sales reps are unprepared. What do you think of that? Are you ever unprepared? Are you just using your charm? Or have you been using your relationship in the past to overcome being unprepared? Something to think about, especially now that you won't have very many face-to-face meetings with people in the future or as many. 59% of B2B buyers search for information on social media before engaging with salespeople. And when they talked about the preferred sources that buyers had to solve business problems, subject matter experts from industry or third parties was preferred by 43%. Vendor websites were used by 35.4%. Peer colleagues were 30.4%, and vendor salespeople came in nearly last at 23%. Now, granted, this adds up to more than 100% because people were prioritizing, but still, vendor salespeople, 23%. Now, these statistics really bothered me because this applies to me as much as it does you. I am technically marketing and selling myself as a consultant. And I was in sales and marketing earlier in my career, like many of you. Like all of you, I have a healthy ego. And when I saw these statistics, my initial reaction was that they didn't really apply to me. Then I thought, maybe they do. And maybe I shouldn't be so arrogant, especially in this COVID era when everything is changing. So my message to you is don't be arrogant and overconfident especially now. So how does reopening look to those of us in the medical device industry, the salespeople, the marketers, the executives? If you are in critical care products and protective gear, you probably don't have time to listen to a podcast. But for the rest of us, we have big obstacles to overcome. So again, a couple of the basic facts. We are going to have limited access to practices, hospitals, and clinics And we're working in a troubled economy that is not going to recover for probably a year or more. Okay, so that's the cold shower. Sorry for that. Well, maybe I'm not sorry. Do you have goosebumps? You should. But here is the warm towel. Let's look at what buyers are asking for that came out of this research. The number one thing, they wanted salespeople or the vendor to understand their business. In in other words, know me. Know me, your buyer. Number two, demonstrate excellent communication skills. Number three, focus on the post-sale. And number four, give insights and perspectives that are valuable. Another interesting little factoid that came out in these uh, this research was that properly implemented sales coaching can lead to a 16.6% increase in win rates for forecasted deals. And I have always believed in the value of effective national and regional sales managers. 
But going forward, national and regional sales managers are going to have to be really good coaches of working in a virtual world. So you need to stand out from the competition, and you can succeed. So how are you going to communicate to your customers that you know their business and you have something of value to them in a way that they will take the time to listen? How are you going to restructure your sales process for the reopening? And what tools are you going to employ? Hopefully you've already been working on this for weeks during this downtime. And will you take the time to practice, practice, practice with these tools so that you can effectively and professionally deploy them? You know, some examples we've already talked about. In Episode 7, we talked about using embedded video to increase email effectiveness early in the sales process. In Episode 5, we talked about using PowerPoint presentations in a different way with some of the interesting features that PowerPoint has that most people don't use, but would make a presentation much more powerful. And in Episode 6, we talked about new sales practices, and one example was to use key opinion leaders in intimate small virtual meetings with potential customers. And that sort of swings right back to that one piece of data that said that vendors preferred subject matter experts um, at 43%, well over preferring vendor salespeople. You can do this. The tools are out there. But it will take effort, change, and practice. And it will hurt like you're starting to work out in the gym harder. Okay, so that's your warm towel. I hope it felt good. And now you just need to dry off, put your kick-ass clothes on, brush your hair, and it's time to get to work. So the immediate impact idea is something of a rerun. Whether you are a sales rep, a sales manager, or a company executive, review your sales processes and mark the steps that need to change to succeed in this so-called reopening. Have you already started to make some of these changes? If so, schedule a one or two day virtual meeting where you're going to role play these skills over and over again so you can demonstrate excellent communication skills to your customers, another one of their leading expectations. That's the immediate impact idea for today and for this week. In the show notes, I will put links to episodes 7, 5, and 6, which I referred to in this podcast, in case you want to go listen to them or if you haven't listened to them yet. If you like this podcast, please recommend it, please rate it, and subscribe. I really hope all of you are doing well and that you'll move forward and be successful. Now, go win your week and start to win the reopening.